This is Moonshine and Scoreboards with Kevin, Landon, and Justin. Hello and welcome to Moonshine and Scoreboards episode 20. I'm your host, Kevin, who is surviving the blizzard of 2024 here in Tennessee. And I'm joined this week by my wonderful co-host, Justin. Justin, how's how's it going down there in sunny Florida? It's so cold here, Kevin. It's 40 degrees outside. I don't know what I'm going to do. Like this 40 is, degrees. I'm shivering in my own home right now because it's 40 degrees. I long for 40 degrees. <laughs> um, right here, I believe the temperature right now is 17. Yeah. And the low was minus 4. I so, know. I've certainly um, gotten spoiled down in Central Florida. I, I know I know you guys are, are in the middle of it right now. Um, but I will say, as someone who survived the blizzard of 1993 in Knoxville, you're going to make it through it. And this will be one of those things you look back on. You're like, did we ever get snow in Knoxville? Oh, yeah. One time in 2024 we did. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's what I keep telling my wife is that, you know, oh, we're going to talk about this for the rest of our lives. You will. You probably will. The blizzard of 24. Uh, so you may notice that our other Tennessee native is not on the show. Uh, that's because he's stuck at his work. <laughs> he's been stuck at work <laughs> since Sunday evening. So Landon... We hope you're enjoying the radio station. We hope that you are cuddled up nice and cozy by a fireplace, maybe there <laughs> having, I don't know, like Easy Mac or something. Um, and we will miss, we will see you this week and we'll see you next week. Good buddy. Um, so without further ado, we're going to do a, a, an old school throwback show, just Justin and myself. Um, Sorry, guys. I know. I know the life of the party's landing, but you know, like I said, you'll get him next week. Um, assuming the snow clears by then. <laughs> um, so this week it is just going to be us two. And what we're going to do is we're going to have a, we're going to talk about the, the ball basketball game. Uh, they played Wednesday against Florida. Um, we're going to talk about that for a second. And then we're going to dive into our big discussion of the episode which is the MLB Hall of Fame ballot. The Hall of Fame ballots are due from the voters uh, next week, and the announcement should be coming shortly after on who made the prestigious Hall of Fame. And we are going to have our own ballots that we're going to fill out and talk about on this episode. Now, there is one rule that the, that the writers have, that the voters have, and it is that you can only select... 10 players. Now you may have less, but you cannot have more than 10. So those we're going to follow those same rules. Only 10 players are allowed. Uh, I think the easiest way for us to do it is for each of us just to reveal our whole ballot and then kind of talk about why we have each player on there. Um, maybe highlight a little bit of what we remember watching them and maybe their stats or something like that. Just give a little tidbit of each player. Um, and then maybe have some a little discussion on what players we did not have on our ballot and why we did not have them. And then at the end, we are going to create our official Moonshine and Scoreboards ballot. Me and Justin are going to come together and make our official ballot that we will not submit to the Baseball Writers Hall of Fame. But Why? You know, 
We can try. I mean, we let's can try. Send, let's send it to them. They, I don't care if they ask for it or not. I think we should send it to them. We'll just send it via email. Yeah. We'll just shoot them an email and, and see if maybe they'll they'll take our ballot. Yeah, so. I think we do it. Why not? Yeah. What, what's the Why worst not? that can happen? They, they could just send it to the archive, but, you know, it's whatever. Maybe, <laughs> maybe we could put, like, Moonshine and Scoreboard's official podcast, sports-related podcast with... 1.7 million listeners and then they yeah. would acknowledge it and oh my gosh and it's a link and when they click on it never gonna give you up please yep 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 <laughs> i like it i like it <laughs> um but before we dive into our ballots let's talk about some tennessee basketball the, the vols played the florida gators on wednesday no tuesday sorry to tuesday um Pretty convincing win from yeah. Tennessee. They, they won eighty-five to sixty-six. Yeah, uh, not not a very close game at all. I was supposed to go to that game, um, couldn't get out of my house, so didn't get to go. <laughs> didn't feel like walking from Clinton, Tennessee, to Thompson Bo- or sorry, Food City Arena at Thompson Bo- Thompson Bowling Arena <laughs> at Food City Center. However yeah. you say it, which on the Pat Summit Court. However you say it, um, but. I did watch from home, and, and Tennessee kind of really had control of the game the entire game. Uh, quick, I mean, we'd be remiss if we didn't shout out Dalton Kinnett, who might just end up being the national player of the year if he keeps going on the pace that he's going. Uh, back-to-back 35-plus point games. Uh, I believe he scored 39 this week. Um and he becomes the first of all since Allen Houston to do that and the only SEC player in the last 25 seasons to put up back-to-back 35-point games. Which... I saw that you I saw that note and that is shocking to me. It is. When you I can't believe that. There have been some great players come through the SEC in the last 25 seasons, and not a single one has put up back-to-back 35-point games. Now, is that specifically in SEC play or just any game? I think it's in any game. I mean, this is according to SEC Network, who was run by ESPN. Um, I do do think that that's just any game. They didn't mention SEC play. Wow. You know, they said – only SEC player in the last 25 seasons. I mean, think of all the, like you said, the the talent that came through the SEC. I mean, especially, I know this is going to be tough for you to swallow, but especially at Kentucky. And and none of those guys put up back-to-back 35-point wow. games. That's really, is that is wild. really crazy <laughs> to think about, honestly. Yeah, and, I mean. You, I mean, I think that, you know, talking about you're going to remember this snow that you've gotten here in, in January of 2024, the rest of your life. I, I feel like Dalton connect is putting himself in that category for Tennessee basketball fans, even though we've only got him for one year. Um, and then he's going to be on to bigger and better things. But I think that there's a very good chance. He's one of those guys that we remember for the rest of our lives as Tennessee basketball fans. If he, we keep saying it, but he, you know, we, we keep saying if he continues on this, trajectory if if he continues to be consistent and do the things that he's doing one of the things that he hadn't done was have a game like this at home and now he's done that so I mean because his last game that that people were really I mean 
his road performance has been great, which really says something about him. But like the way he played at North Carolina was was one of the highlights of his season up to that point. And then, you know, his performance at Georgia, Mississippi State, um, like he's playing he's playing great basketball. And I mean, I know we're talking about the potential accolades that he could be positioning himself for at the end of the year, potentially SEC player of the year, maybe even national player of the year type. Uh, awards could be on the table for Dalton Connect if he keeps it up. And if Tennessee keeps winning, I think that's important too. Um, but I think about the players that we've seen at Tennessee just in the last like 10, 15 years. Like it's crazy to think about this guy could put himself in a very short period of time, potentially side by side with a player like Chris Lofton. I mean, it's wild and exciting. Oh, yeah, I think he's going to. Uh, I pass Chris Lofton in the hearts of Tennessee fans, which I, I like Chris Lofton. He was a good Tennessee player, but I mean, the things that Dalton Kinnett is doing, he's literally taking over games. Yeah. I mean, it's like you can't, there's no answer for him, quite frankly. I mean, Tennessee scored 44 points in the first half. Kinnett had literally half of them. Yeah. He had 22 points in the first half. Um, I mean, He's he's a bucket. He's a walking bucket. He's he's the offense. He's we've long I me personally, I have, especially under Rick Barnes, have said, you know, we're missing that go to guy that we can give the ball to him and we know that he's gonna score a bucket, you know, especially in March. Mm-hmm. And I feel like Kinnett might be that guy. Uh that, you know, you can give the ball to him and you know you're going to get a bucket. Yeah. Um he is. He's that he's that he is that dude. Yeah, it, it it's going to be interesting to see, you know. I don't believe that we've ever had a a, a Naismith player of the year here in Tennessee. Um I may be wrong, but I I know in my lifetime we have it. Um so it it'll be interesting to see if Kinnett wins because right now, you know, at first it was my first you know, thought about it was the Michigan State preseason scrimmage where, mm-hmm. you know, he, he scored pretty at will. And you had the Tennessee fans, you know, your your Tennessee fans on Twitter and X talking, you know, oh, wow, Dalton Kinnett's going to be really good. Dalton Kinnett has a chance to be special. You know, that's going to be our offense, yada, yada, yada. And it was just Tennessee fans. And then the season kind of kicked in and he was still scoring and, it was now the Tennessee media was talking about it and a couple other writers were talking about it. And now, especially after the Florida game where I think a lot of eyes got to watch him and he performed, you know, back to back, like I said, back to back 35 plus point games with a lot of, a lot of eyes on him. Now you're getting national people talking about it, saying like, yo, Dalton Kinnett is a problem down in Knoxville. And yeah, he he might be, you know, the real deal. So we'll see what happens with him. We'll see how he progresses this season. Um, but so far, so good in my yeah. books. So I want to just so want to call one thing out. Um, so with about three minutes left in the game, Connect had thirty-seven points. Right, Tennessee's bringing the ball down the court. It gets in Connect's hands. The fans start going crazy because I think everybody knew if he puts down a three, he's going to hit forty. So what does he do? He fires it because he's a confident shooter and it was an air ball. <laughs> and yeah. 
my favorite part of that was immediately Rick Barnes pulls him aside and is like, what are you doing? Why did you do that? Yeah. Oh, Rick Barnes stays coaching. The score could be 100 to 40 with two minutes left in the game. Rick Barnes stays coaching. I loved it. And I I think, honestly, I think it's good for Connect because at the end of the day, yes, like you're right. Like he's, he is, he's our go-to guy right now. And, and maybe he continues to do that at the same time. The, his other players talk to him, talk about like he's a team player. You know, he's not really like looking out for himself in this moment. I think he did just a little bit. And maybe, maybe, maybe that's something that needed to happen in that moment. Um, and and he ended the game with thirty nine, which I thought was really funny too. Um, right. But uh, but yeah, I just I'm I'm excited for him. I was actually just pulling up the Wooden Award favorites. So of course Zach Eady is odds on favorite to win the Wooden Award at Purdue. Um, Hunter Dickinson is the the next uh, in line in terms of odds, and then you've got Kyle Filipowski at Duke. You've got Tristan Newton at UConn. Next guy on the list is Dalton Connect. Um, I mean, that's elite company. So, yeah, it is. Uh, I called it the Naismith Award earlier. I don't know why I called that that. Um, it's definitely the Wooden Award. Um, in case you're not familiar with college basketball, the Wooden Award is college basketball's version of the Heisman. Um, and it goes to the most outstanding player, just like the Heisman is supposed to do. Um, the Wooden Award kind of does it, kind of keeps it close you know to its origin and, and to its meaning i guess would be a better way of saying it um whereas the heisman's kind of become a little bit more of like a popularity contest uh the wooden award keeps it you know to the most outstanding player in the nation uh and and those are good odds for connect because the thing about this tennessee team is we've just hit sec play and now you're going to start getting a lot more like nationally televised games. Yeah. And and the media is the ones who votes on this award. And so you're going to see a lot more um national attention on Connect on Tennessee and and with that, you know, if he keeps putting up 35 point games, you know, hey, he's going to win that award. I don't think you're going to be able to deny it. (laughs) Well, I think, I think it will be tough as long as Purdue keeps winning and Zach Eady keeps dominating. Like, I think it might be tough for him to surpass. I know Eady won last year. Um, It's tough to repeat in these kind of awards, but yeah, I mean, he could, he could be, he could be right there. Top three at the end of the year. And and then who knows what happens? I, I think it really depends on if Tennessee keeps winning and continues to be like a top, let's say seven top six team. Um, if we can do that the rest of the year, I think that he has a, he has a very good shot of being in that conversation. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, and speaking of Tennessee being on the winning ways, hopefully they welcome Alabama on Saturday. So we will see how that goes. Um, Nate Oates and the Alabama Crimson Tide. I believe I'm not going to make that joke. I'm not going to make that joke. It was a joke about Alabama and their great basketball program that they run. They're a very um, morally astound basketball program that they run down there. Um, But I'm not just going to save it. Um, So with that, I don't want to get canceled or anything like that. (laughs) Um, Just say that let's just say, the only way that Alabama stops Dalton Kinnett is maybe doing what they got accused of doing last year. 
and that might have you know sent somebody to jail and along those lines. Um, <laughs> but just just stop in there. Uh, so with that, we will end on our ball hoop segment and dive into our Hall of Fame ballot. This is something that I've been excited to talk about because I love baseball a lot. And I love the Hall of Fame. I love this time of year where the writers get together and you get um, – this is going to be real deep cut for baseball fans, but you get like Tom Verducci's little video of why he's voting for each player and you have him filling out his ballot, writing it out, and it's all you know dramatic and stuff. And you have all the all the people releasing their ballots online so that you can see them and you know talk about them and have discussion. And it also signifies, you know, kind of the beginning of baseball season uh, as pitchers and catchers report in about a month, actually. So spring is just around the corner is what I'm telling myself as I see (laughs) eight inches of snow out my window just around the corner. (laughs) Um, So with that, we can go ahead and dive into our ballot. I think the how do you want to go about this, Justin? Um, Do you want to do your ballot first or do you want me to go ahead and say, you know, the people that are on the ballot Would that, I guess that would probably work better if I listed who all was on the official MLB hall of fame ballot that you could pick on. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think it'd probably be good to run through it. I I do want to say this. Uh, This is probably, maybe this is a hot take in terms of sports. Um, I think Hall of Fames are overblown. Um, I don't really think they're necessary. Here's what I think. I would much rather each sport have their, like, museum where you could go and you could see relics of historic seasons, maybe memorabilia, collectibles, and and then also... Great moments in the sport. I, I I think there's a couple of reasons I feel like this. One is people are people and people tend to, I mean, we all know it this day and age. Uh, they can, we can enshrine them. We can raise them up on a podium. And before you know it, they get canceled or something comes out about their past that we didn't know about, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, well, now I don't know how to feel about this person. I think it's really dangerous when you put people up on a pedestal, is is the first thing I'll say. Two, I think the rules for Hall of Fames are somewhat arbitrary and tend to be a bit ridiculous. And um, I know in baseball that one of the common things that we that I know, and I'm not even, I don't even follow it that closely, is like, oh, well, nobody makes it in the Hall of Fame on their first ballot. Why? That doesn't make sense just because of tradition. I mean, that's dumb. If you've got a guy who's a no-brainer, one of the best that's ever played, why does he have to wait? For hazing purposes? I think that's silly. Um, so that doesn't make sense to me. And then also, I just think that like when you, you've got a guy like Mark McGuire that's in the Hall of Fame in baseball, but Sammy Sosa, Roger Clemens, these guys are not in the Hall of Fame. They were all sort of embroiled in the same controversy. Anyway, I'm saying all that to say, (laughs) as we go into our Hall of Fame talk, I think it's a little bit silly, but also let's celebrate these players and enjoy the Hall of Fame ceremony. (laughs) 
<laughs> right. I will say this. Just, I don't want to correct you, but mm-hmm. I will correct you. There are a couple of guys that have been first ballot Hall of Famers. Um, I know in the past it hasn't been, you know, very, this is more recently. I know Ken Griffey Jr. was a first ballot Hall of Famer. Um, I know for the big thing, the big thing for baseball was that there was no unanimous Hall of Famers for the longest time. Mm-hmm. Um, Ken, I, I know Ken Griffey Jr. got 99.9% of the ballot. And and one person left him off their Hall of Fame ballot intentionally to make it to where he was not a unanimous pick. See, um, that's dumb. Yeah, it is. I mean, I do think that Ken Griffey Jr. should have been a unanimous Hall of Famer. However, I appreciate that one person because now, as a Yankees fan, I can say that the only unanimous Hall of Famer uh, played for the New York Yankees, and that was Marion Rivera, who is the only unanimous hall of famer 100 percent, his first time on the ballot um which do i think that it do i think that it's right i don't know but i mean i appreciate it i appreciate the sentiment i'm not gonna be mad about it um Derek jeter was also a first ballot hall of famer um i believe that david ortiz was a first ballot hall of famer um so there's been a couple but they have been more recently mm-hmm. and then Mark McGuire is actually not in the Hall of Fame. Um, there are no steroid players in the Hall of Fame, uh, which is interesting. I know this is a topic that I wanted to talk about because you do have a couple of steroid guys on this ballot. Um, so my take, I'll tell you this, and it's, I, I feel like I'm in the minority here, but I'm going to say it anyway. I don't care. I don't think that any steroid people should be allowed in the Hall of Fame. And I know that that says, you know, oh, well, the home run king, Barry Bonds, literally hit the most home runs in baseball history, and you're not going to put him in the Hall of Fame? And my answer is no. He, he cheated. You cheated. If you cheated, you, I don't think. I know we talked about it last week with Michigan. Um, and we actually use the Hall of Fame, the Baseball Hall of Fame, as an as an example. Um, my stance is that if you cheated and you were found cheating, you are not you're not allowed in the Hall of Fame. I'm sorry. I mean that's it is yes to your point, Justin. It is a museum at, mm-hmm. at its core. It is a museum, but it's also like <sighs> this is going to sound crazy. It's also like hallowed ground. You know, it's also like reserved for the the top of the top. And I think that if you put somebody that was convicted of cheating and admitted of cheating for a large portion of their career, that you're tainting that. Not just that person, you're tainting the entire Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. And you're and, and the thing about it is that if you let one in, for instance, if you let Barry Bonds in, then you have to let them all in. And this is a discussion I've had with my grandfather a lot. He actually sees eye to eye with me, but there's one of my friends that does not. Um, and and that's, a, that's an argument that we get into often. 
because if you if you let Barry Bonds in, then you need to let in Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa, Roger Clemens, Manny Ramirez, Alex Rodriguez. The whole the list goes on. Because all of those guys had Hall of Fame caliber careers, but they cheated. Um so you know, you you can make the point of well, they had Hall of Fame, especially in Alex Rodriguez's uh, Alex Rodriguez's, you know, um, case. He didn't start taking steroids until like 2004, 2003, 2004. At that point, he was already on a trajectory to be in the Hall of Fame. He was one of the best shortstops um, in the 90s. He was he was a late he was a blooming star, an up and coming star, and everybody knew, you know, this guy's gonna this guy's the real deal. He might be one of the best players of all time. And then he was using steroids from, I believe it was 2003 to 2007 and was convicted and admitted of it in 2009. From then on out, it doesn't matter what you did. Anything before that, you're a steroid user. Barry Bonds had a great career until 2001 when he started using steroids. And, you know... you can't, he might not have said, oh, why well, use steroids? But look at a picture from Barry, of Barry Bonds from like 1989. And then look at a picture of Barry Bonds from like 2002. The dude was a skinny player when he first came into the league and was doing fantastic. And then he became the Hulk in a matter yeah. of like 10 years. That doesn't happen overnight. You know what I mean? Um, so don't, don't, you know, I've I read and heard stories about the size of his head, like grew like three hat sizes during his career because of how much steroids he was taking. His head was getting literally getting that much bigger. Um, so, I mean, I, I'm sorry, but I don't know how you stand on it, Justin. And like, I, I would love to know your stance, but for me, I, if you took steroids, if you were accused of taking steroids, if you were convicted of taking steroids, it's a no. Unfortunately. Yeah. No, I no, I agree with that. Um, I mean <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm with you. There's a part of me that that also is like it's a sports hall of fame. Why do we have to treat it with such reverence? Right. Um so there's that side of me as well. Um so I can kind of see either perspective i mean if you think about the amount of enjoyment people got to have watching these players succeed and do the crazy things they were doing i mean what did it give to the sport and then you could say well it might have taken something away because of the black eye with the cheating and the peds and all that i get that too i don't know i i think i could go either way also i want to i want to blame my uh generative AI search for telling me that Mark McGuire was in the hall of fame. Cause earlier I searched that I was like, is, is Mark McGuire? And it said it, he was, and it still does. Um, but no. Uh, so I apologize for that misinformation I received from my Google AI response. Stupid bard. You're a liar. I know. I know. Um, yeah. I, and the argument that one of my friends gives me is that, you know, you're going to leave out some of the biggest stars of baseball, some of the best players in baseball history out of the hall of fame. I'm like, yeah, because they weren't playing with their natural given talents. 
mm-hmm. for the majority of their careers. Or, or, you know, he says oftentimes, oh, well, everybody in the 90s was taking steroids. And I'm like, not everybody, man. Like, I hate to be that Yankees guy, but Eric Jeter wasn't taking steroids, <laughs> you know. Mariana Rivera wasn't taking steroids. Those 90s Yankees were not taking steroids. I hate to break it to you, but they weren't. Um, None of them have been, well, one of them has been accused and and said that he did, but that wasn't while he was with the 90s Yankees. Um, That was when he was in Houston. And so, I don't know. To me, no Hall of Fame players get in. So far, no Hall of Fame players get in and, in due time, I'm sure that there will be some because the older riders that have my frame of mind are dwindling away and you're getting more younger riders that come in that, you know, are going to say, oh, well, these are just, these are these are the best players of all time. Whether they cheated or not, they're still the best players. And, and I'm sure that eventually, you know, Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens, Rafael Palmeiro, Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa, all of them, they'll get in, but... I just hope it's not for a while, um, personally. So with that, I guess we can talk about who is on this ballot. Got a couple of first-timers on the ballot. Jose Bautista, Adrian Beltre, Bartolo Colon, Adrian Gonzalez, Matt Holliday, Victor Martinez, Joe Maurer, Brandon Phillips, Jose Reyes, James Shields, Chase Utley, and David Wright. Um, they remain on the ballot for 10, 10 years. If they don't get at least 5%, they are removed from the ballot. Um, and then the returning people that are coming back to the ballot, Todd Helton, Billy Wagner, Andrew Jones, Gary Sheffield, Carlos Beltran, Alex Rodriguez, Manny Ramirez, Omar Vizcal, Andy Pettit, Bobby Abreu, Jimmy Rollins, Mark Burley, Francisco Rodriguez, and Tori Hunter. So those are the names that you can choose from. With that information, Justin, do you want to reveal your ballot first or do you want me to reveal mine first? Uh, I can go through mine. Okay. Um, and I will say, like, I, um, so I've gone through the list and I, I'm not going to do 10. I'm, I'm going to do less than 10. Um, and, and really I focused on guys who I'm sort of surprised that it's taken as long as it has uh, for them to be recognized uh, the way that I think that they should. So um, I'm going to start with one that might surprise you because you, I mean, maybe you think I'm going to go one way, but I'm going to, I'm going to zag when you think I'm going to zig. I have Andy Pettit on my list. I love it. As a Yankees fan, I love it. That goes against everything I just said for the last five minutes, but I love it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The reason that I have him on there is because one of the things that I look for is in, in my ballot today is uh, sustained success. And also if you're, if you're like on top of any kind of a a list statistically or in rare company that I'm going to, I'm going to look at that. That's going to get my attention. And for Andy Pettit, um, I mean, he has the all-time postseason record for wins and innings pitched and games started. And, I mean, when you talk about, like, performance at the highest level, I don't know how you can 
you know, I, I don't know how, how you get any higher uh, in achievement than that. He was also on five different World Series championship teams. That's amazing. And he's a guy that when I think about watching the Yankees over the years, I, I think about Andy Pettit. Like, I, I, I honestly do. So, so he's my first one. I love that pick. Yeah. I'm glad, that you, uh, I'm glad that you gave are giving the Yankees some much, much due respect. <laughs> well, you're welcome. Uh, <laughs> my second one I'm going to go with is, is a guy who I was just a big fan of over the years. And um, this is his second year on the ballot. But uh, I'm going to go with Carlos Beltran as, as my second inductee. Um, 25th all time with 1,078 career extra base hits. Uh, that jumps out to me. Post uh, season series over seven seasons, totaling 45 runs scored. Just looking at looking at like um, what he's done, uh, what he did with his career, and also I, longevity. He played 20 seasons um, in the in the major leagues. A lot of the, a lot of these guys on the ballot uh, played a long time, but he was a nine time All Star in 20 seasons. Like almost 50 percent of the time, he's an All Star. He won the Gold Glove three times. Um, World he, Series champion. World Series champion. Um, you know, and I, yeah, um, I mean, he's a, he's a guy I can remember. One of the things I, I think about with Carlos Beltran, um, back in the day when I used to play baseball games on the PlayStation, uh, he was a guy that I would always try to trade for and get on my team because I wanted I wanted him at the top of my lineup. So, um, yeah. Uh, Carlos Beltran, number two. And rookie of the year. Yeah, Beltran, um, yeah. Yeah, we'll talk about Beltran, but I, I do think that's a good pick as well. He also has some controversy with him, but it's not – it's later on in his career. But, yes, Beltran, I, that, that's, I like that one as well. Puerto Rican, Carlos Beltran. Yeah. Um. All right. Uh, another one that I that I put on, and and this one this one I added after going through you know, and reading about you know all the different achievements from these players, and and this one this one surprised me a little bit just because um, it wasn't even something that I considered as a as a stat for this particular position, but of course it is. Um, I'm going to put Mark Burley on my list um, wow. as number three. So the reason for that is this guy. So he pitched 16 seasons. It's a long time to pitch. Um, 14, 200 plus uh, seasons um, from 2001 to to 2014. 200 plus inning seasons. That's an American League record. Um, that's, I mean, that stands out to me big time. Uh, led the MLB in complete games uh, during his final season in, 20, in 2015. That's That's impressive. That's a way to go out on the top. He's got a perfect game. He's got a no hitter. Um, he he's had he went two and zero over four games during the 20, 2005 postseason, helping the White Sox win a World Series title. But uh, the big thing that that I saw, like he he's a four time Gold Glove uh, winner, led league in assists among pitchers for five seasons. That's yeah. that's the thing that stood out to me there. That's that that means you're contributing to your team not just from like a pitching perspective, but also defensively in the field, you know? Um, and he's a heavy boy too. Yeah. So that's impressive. Yeah. So, 
that stood out to me there. So that's my number three. Okay. Okay. I like your list so far. You have a very interesting list. <laughs> Thank you. Um, <clears throat> number four. Now we're going to get to the, uh, the Homerism here. Todd Hilton. How 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 is it Todd Helton's been on the ballot six years? This is six year and he hasn't made it yet. I know last year I guess uh um uh, he he led the the guys who didn't make it in in percentage appearing um on writers' ballots. Um I think maybe he'll get in this year. I think he's gonna do it. Seventeen seasons. It's it's this guy's cool because he always he stayed with one team. He's always with the Rockies. That's that's nice. Um hit three hundred or better in twelve seasons. 12 seasons. That's insane. That's what I'm talking about. Like sustained performance, sustained success. Uh, One of only seven players in history with at least two seasons with 400 or more total bases, Um, you know, rare air. uh, That that's something that's important to me too. But plus this guy, he was a ball. He was a, he was a quarterback for the Tennessee. He was a quarterback before Peyton Manning. So, you want to talk about a guy who has talent. This guy, this guy had talent coming out of his ears. Um, I've always been a big fan of Todd Helton. So I, I don't think he's celebrated enough as a, as a VFL. And, and I want to see him make it into the baseball hall. of Fame. I like, I mean, I'm trying not to give away my picks. Um, but yes, that is a very, that I'll say this that's a very good pick. I do think that Todd Helton should have already been in the hall of fame. And so, um, Yes, I, I think that's a I think that's a fantastic pick. <laughs> yeah. Um I agree with myself. Thank you. Um <laughs> I will say, I mean, maybe I'm being unfair. I, I didn't really I didn't really look much into the guys who were who were like the first year because I'm trying to be um I'm trying to stick more to tradition here. Sure. Um <laughs> Sure, so that's fine. <laughs> first year on the ballot, I didn't really consider you. Um uh, I'm going to go my next one. I'm going to go Billy Wagner. Uh, this is his ninth year on the ballot. He's been on the ballot a long time. 16 seasons. Uh, top top 10 in Cy Young voting twice, but uh, 422 career saves, which is the second highest among left-hand relievers and six overall. That's amazing. Um, this guy, career 2.31 ERA. Lowest among retired left-handed pitchers with at least 500 innings pitched in the live ball era. That's insane. Seven-time All-Star, um, 12 seasons with at least 20 saves, and nine seasons with 30 or more, two with 40. So, I mean, impressive numbers, sustained success, seven-time All-Star. This, I mean, I know he's an Astro, or he, he was an Astro uh, for a portion of the time, but I think Billy Wagner... Uh, deserves to get in there. That's my number. Yeah, Billy Wagner is one of the best relievers of all time. Um, I think when you think of relieve, like closing guys, you think of Marion Rivera, obviously. Um, You think of Trevor Hoffman, and then you think of Billy Wagner. Um, Billy Wagner is, yeah, he's he's a great, great reliever. Um, His ninth year on the ballot, He's got, if he doesn't get in this year, he's got one more time before he's off, which is, which is wild to me because I think he's very deserving of the hall of fame. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can't, I mean, I don't know how you stick around that. I also kind of feel like if you've been on the ballot that many times, do you just tell yourself, well, it's never going to happen for me. Like this is just, yeah, not, 
that's that's the approach that Roger Clemens took. <laughs> yeah, I think Roger Clemens said after his seventh season, he just stopped. Like, didn't even wait. Like these guys wait for the call. It's a call that they get. I know the the Pro Football Hall of Fame is. You have that big guy. I don't know what his name is, um, but he's a big dude, and he comes and knocks on your door, and you're normally staying in a hotel, and you kind of know that it's going to be you. Um, in baseball, they just give you a call. And Roger Clemens said, you know, on after my seventh season, I just kind of like turned my phone off that day because I knew I wasn't getting a call. <laughs> yeah. I don't feel bad for Roger Clemens. Um, <laughs> and then, okay, okay, so this is going to be my last one. Uh, and then I'm wrapping it up. Uh, I'm putting Andrew Jones in this time. Uh, seventh year on the ballot, played for 17 seasons. He uh, He's a five-time All-Star, uh, 10-time gold glove award winner um and th- and this one this one was uh pretty important to me among players with 10 or more gold gloves only willie mays ken griffey jr and mike schmidt have more home runs than andrew jones i mean you're talking about you know his historic names on that list right there so um yeah i i think he was uh i mean i i, I always think of him as being a brave i know he moved around a little bit but mm-hmm. But uh, eventually, he also played for the Yankees. He um, did. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I think it's time for Andrew Jones to get the nod on his seventh attempt. Let's let's put him in the Hall of Fame this time. Yeah, I think that's uh, the Braves fans that are listeners will will love that. I will say that. They, they love their Andrew Jones. And I also always think of him as a Brave. Like you said, he did play for the Yankees. I believe he only played with the Yankees like two seasons, give or take. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't a long time, um, and it was towards the end of his career. So it wasn't the Andrew Jones that you were getting, jumping over the center field wall, catching catching balls. But um, I will say that he, uh, yeah, when you think of the Braves of the 90s, you think of Greg Maddox. You think of their pitching, right? Greg Maddox, John Smoltz, and uh, Tom Glavin. And you think of Chipper and Andrew. And so... Uh, yeah, Chipper's in, so I, Andrew's coming up close, I think. <laughs> um, all right, so I like your ballot. To review your ballots, Andy Pettit, Carlos Beltran, Mark Burley, Todd Helton, Billy Wagner, Andrew Jones. So I yeah. think that's a strong ballot. All right, I will give mine. And my ballot has a couple. It's a full ballot, full 10. Um, shocking, I know. But it's a full 10, and it has a couple of guys that are first-timers. Uh, but okay. I'll, start, I'll start at the top. Uh, I think Adrian Beltre is a Hall of Famer. Um, 21 seasons. The man played 21 years. They're at the Dodgers, Mariners, Red Sox, Rangers. He's a five-time Gold Glove winner, a four-time All-Star, and a four-time Silver Slugger. Um, six times he finished in the top 10 of the MVP voting. Uh, he reached the 300 mark in batting average seven times. Um, ranked second all time with 2,759 games played at third base. Uh, he He's a member of the Rangers 2011 AL pennant winning team. Um, and he batted 261 in seven postseason series over five seasons. Uh, with 16 runs and 11 RBIs in 28 games. Um, to me, when I think of Adrian Beltre, I think of, obviously, uh, uh, 
surefire fielder at third base. And I also think of somebody, I think of him dropping down to the one knee, hitting his home run, dropping down to a knee. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think of him being refused, refusing anybody touching his bald head. Uh, those are the three things I think about with Adrian Beltre. Um, but I, I do think that he is, he's a hall of famer next on my list. I also have Todd Helton, um, VFL, but aside from the homerism of a VFL, I think he's one of the best first basemen, um, of the nineties in the early, in the two thousands, uh, especially first like national league first baseman. Um, a surefire fielder at first base. You already went over his statistics, so I really won't dive into that, but I'll just tell you what I think about him. Uh, you know, I, I, I also think of, you know, his bat, a, a consistent on-base machine that also had power, uh, especially, you know, in the National League, you have bigger ballparks than you do in the American League, uh, per se. Um, I know he played at Coors Field, and so that has the alt- altitude change, and so some people kind of deduct him for that. Uh, but, you know, I guess people forget that he also played 82 games on the road. <laughs> um, he didn't play all of his games at Coors Field, so he he played Great 82 play. games a season on the road. <laughs> um, and, you know, he, he produced on the road as well. Um, so Todd Helton is a spot on my list. Yes, I will go to my next person, which is Carlos Beltran. Um, Carlos Beltran, I thought he should have been a first ballot Hall of Famer. Uh, 20 years, uh, Royals, Astros, Mets, Giants, Cardinals, Yankees, and Rangers. Um, I think of his time with the Yankees, he he was like hit that veteran voice in the clubhouse with a very young Yankees team that also was a a pretty good playmaking player towards the end of his career um and he you know he granted he played so the controversy with Carlos Beltran is this the Astros cheating scandal in 2017 he mm-hmm. won the world series with that team the controversy with him is that he was allegedly the brains behind that entire operation. Um, so I think that's probably why he wasn't a first ballot Hall of Famer because a lot of people, he has taken a lot of the blame for that. I know when that scandal came out in 2020, he was slated to be the Mets manager. The Mets had him, I mean, he was, he was their golden boy. Most people associate Carlos Beltran with the Mets, um, that's where he played the majority of his career. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and they were ready to bring, you know, their their guy home as their manager. And then the cheating scandal came out. And then he was the name that was listed as the ringleader of the cheating scandal. And the Mets backed off and said, no, we're not hiring him as a manager. I think if it wasn't for that cheating scandal, he'd still be the manager of the Mets. Um and everybody in their mothers says that he is going to be a fantastic manager when he becomes a manager. Um, so, but on, I mean, on the field, he, he hit 307 and with a 307 batting average and 15 postseason series over seven seasons, hit 16 home runs and 42 RBIs over 65 games in the postseason. He hit four home runs in the 2004 NLDS and NLCS. 
becoming the only player with at least four home runs in two series in one year. Uh, so, I mean, pretty good. Pretty good. <laughs> um, yeah, Carlos Beltran, I think, is is a surefire Hall of Famer. If it wasn't for the cheating scandal, I think he would have gotten last year, but I, I do think that he gets in this year, and he's on my ballot. I think he deserves it. Um, the next The next one on my list is going to be, I'm trying to scroll down to them. I'm sorry. Let's see. Andrew Jones. Andrew Jones Jones for the Braves fans. Uh, 17 seasons in in the big leagues. Uh, I think of Andrew Jones as that young guy um, that was in center field, robbing home runs in the World Series, leading the Braves to the the World Series in 1996 and 1999, uh, where they would both lose to the Yankees in both those years. Just, Just throwing that out there. Um, but he, he was a big part of those, of those teams. Like I said earlier, him and Chipper Jones are, are kind of who you think of when you think about the, the nineties Braves batting wise. Um, and, and so I do think that Andrew Jones deserves it. Seven years on the ballot, I think is way too long for him. And, and I think that he's a, he's a surefire hall of famer now. A name that I have that you did not have, another first-year guy, Joe Maurer. Uh-huh. Joe Maurer played 15 seasons, all with the Twins. He's the only catcher in history with three batting titles, leading the American League in batting average in 2006, 2008, and 2009. He won the 2009 MVP. He was a six-time All-Star, a five-time Silver Slugger, and a three-time Gold Glove winner. Um... Didn't really do a whole lot in the postseason. Uh, he appeared four times in the postseason. And when he did, he batted 275 with a 341 on base percentage. The reason why is because he played for the Twins. And so the Twins weren't really making the postseason when he was there. Not his fault entirely, but you know. Well, partially his fault. <laughs> partially his fault, but I'm not going to ding him for it. Uh, Joe Maurer, you know. <laughs> My Yankee bias comes in here. When I think of Joe Maurer, I think of his his MVP in 2008. Um, sorry, 2009, and how that should have been Derek Jeter's MVP. But mm. we're not going to talk about that. I'm not going to I'm not going to ding him for that. But that that's what I think of <laughs> when I think of Joe Maurer is how his MVP should be on Derek Jeter's mantle, not his. But nonetheless, I do think he is a Hall of Famer. Um, synonymous with catching one of the best catchers of my generation. And so, yeah, I think he's a surefire hall of famer. Uh, the next one on my list, I have Jimmy Rollins on my list, uh-huh. his third year on the ballot, a playmaking shortstop, a consistent on base machine. He played, he 17 seasons with the Phillies, Dodgers and white Sox, but primarily he was a Philly, a three-time all-star four-time gold glove winner. Um, he earned the National League MVP in 2007 after hitting 296 with an NL best 139 runs scored and 20 triples. Now, if you know anything about baseball, you know that triples are kind of hard to come by. The dude hit 20 of them uh, in 2007, so that's kind of impressive. <clears throat> um, you know, he was a member of the Phillies 2008 
World Series championship team, uh, also the team that played in 2009 that went to the World Series, in which they lost to the Yankees. Um, you love to throw those in there. I love to throw that in there. I got to get them where I can. You know, there's only 27 of them. I got to get them where I can. Um, but he, uh, he, you know, he's a surefire shortstop, one of the best shortstops of my generation. Uh, a, a great glove, a great personality. He won the Roberto Clemente Award, which goes out to like the most humanitarian player in baseball, like the the one who gives back the most and and does the most um, work for foundations. He won that in 2014. And so you know that he's also like a good dude as well. Uh, so I think that Jimmy Jimmy Rollins goes in there. And the and I'll go ahead and say, I know it's next on, not next on my list, but if I'm going to put Jimmy Rollins in, I'm going to put his counterpart at second base in, in Chase Utley. Uh, his first year on the ballot, he played 16 seasons with the Phillies and the Dodgers. Six-time All-Star, four-time Silver Slugger. Um, led the NL in runs in 2006. Finished top 10 in the MVP three times. Uh, he also was a member of the 2008 World Series team. Um, 2000, like he's a, when I think of Chase Utley, I think of a dude that in the playoffs was a machine. Uh, he appeared in the postseason 16 series, batting 224 with 40 run, 41 runs scored and 10 home runs, 27 RBIs and 68, 68 games. He tied the all time record for home runs in one world series with five in the 2009 world series which they lost to the Yankees, but he hit five home runs in that World Series. And I, and I remember that because I remember, you know, he was, as I was watching that, he was the guy, but I didn't want the Yankees to pitch to. I was like, you know, just walk him. Because it felt like every time he hit the ball, it was a home run and it was a clutch home run. Uh, Chase Utley had that clutch factor about him. Uh, a lot of guys think of him kind of like as a bad dude because he was a little bit dirty, but that just shows that he just wanted to win at all costs. He just wanted to win. And, you know, I don't, I can't knock him for that. I love winning. So I'm a Yankees fan. I love winning. So kudos to Chase Utley. I think he's a Hall of Famer. Uh, next one on my list, I've got Gary Sheffield. Um, because I his do think chance. that Gary, yep, his last chance, 10th and final year on the ballot. I, I do think that Gary Sheffield is a Hall of Famer. He played 22 seasons in the big leagues. Uh, he played with, hold on to your horses. There's a lot of teams that he played with. The Brewers, the Padres, the Marlins, the Dodgers, the Braves, the Yankees, the Tigers, and the Mets. Uh, so he, he got around uh, the big leagues, but you know he's a nine-time All-Star, five-time Silver Slugger, uh, finished top 10 in the MVP six times, um, also a Yankee. Uh, he won a World Series in 1997 with the Florida Marlins against the New York Yankees. They lost that one. Um, no, they didn't. No, they didn't. That wasn't against the Yankees. Sorry. They didn't make it to that World Series. Uh, but he, he won that World Series in 97. Um, and he was a big part of that World Series team. He hit 248 in the postseason with six home runs, 19 RBIs, and 27 runs scored. In 48 games. Um, he, Gary Sheffield's a little bit of a controversial figure uh, because he's a very outspoken 
player. Um, and he, he's very outspoken even after his career. Uh, he's kind of like the Terrell Owens of baseball Mm. where I remember when Terrell Owens wasn't a first ballot hall of famer in the NFL. He like pitched this big campaign. He was like, I'm not going, I ain't doing this. Even when I get elected, I'm not going to be there. Yada, yada, yada. And, and Gary Sheffield is kind of like the same way Like Gary Sheffield thinks and knows that he should be a hall of famer. And he's like, they haven't put me in because they don't like me. Yeah. It's like, well, maybe, but you're okay. the reason they don't like you. It's not anybody else's fault, you know? <laughs> it's your own. Um, he, he did play for the Yankees. I believe he played with the Yankees from, uh, from 2003 to 2007, I think, off the top of my head. Um, he, was a, he was a great Yankee. Didn't really get along with the clubhouse. Didn't wasn't really like a clubhouse guy, but he performed on the field, and and that's kind of like what mattered. Um, and Gary Sheffield, I mean, everybody knows his iconic swing, you know, the pumping of the bat and the twisting of the bat real hard. And I'm doing it now as I'm recording. <laughs> um, you know, Gary she- Gary Sheffield's a Hall of Famer uh, in my eyes. And then my last two. I have Billy Wagner also, like I said earlier, when I think of, you know, postseason or pitchers, relievers, it's it's Trevor Hoffman, it's Mariano Rivera, and it's Billy Wagner. Um, Billy Wagner was a closeout reliever. Um, he finished a no-hitter uh, again for the Astros uh, on June 11, 2003, against the Yankees. Um, so, see, I can give negative things about the Yankees as well. Um, You're so balanced. You're fair and balanced. I know. I try. I try. Uh, but but Billy Wagner, I think he deserves to be in the Hall of Fame as well. And then my last one, this is a controversial one um, because he didn't really, I don't know that he had the numbers to be a Hall of Famer or he has the numbers to be a Hall of Famer, but I think that if it wasn't for injuries, he would be a surefire Hall of Famer. It's his first year on the ballot, and I say that David Wright, Mr. Met himself, deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. Um, his career was definitely cut short by, by injuries. He played 14 seasons, though. He's a seven-time All-Star, two-time Gold Glove winner, two-time Silver Slugger. He finished in the top 10 of the MVP voting four times. Um, he was a member of the 2015 NL Championship Mets team. He, but... David Wright was a guy that was like the face of the Mets mm-hmm. on and off the field. Um, and, and I, and, and a good dude too. And I know we're not putting guys in the hall of fame because they're good dudes, but like David Wright is a guy that even as a Yankees fan, I know that if David Wright didn't get hurt, I know he had a lot of like back issues and neck issues that kind of cut his career short. Um, if that wasn't a thing, he, he would be a surefire first ballot hall of famer because he was, he was on that trajectory. Like there's certain guys that you can kind of like see on their trajectory that like, yeah, they're going to end up in the hall of fame unless something happens to them. And, and David Wright is the case of something happened still, still though. I mean, I, I think that he has the numbers to get in, um, but it's one of those things that it's like, 
you kind of got to like put numbers aside for a second and just look at his play while he was healthy instead of the play towards the end of his career when he was not healthy. That kind of like skews the numbers a little bit. Um, but, but I think that David Wright deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. So my ballot ends up being Adrian Belche, Joe Maurer, Chase Utley, Todd Houghton, Billy Wagner, Andrew Jones, Carlos Beltran, Jimmy Rollins, Gary Sheffield, David Wright. Nice. I love so it. So now, thank you. I, I like my ballot as well. I think it's a good ballot. Um, are there any people that you left off your ballot that you think should, not should be Hall of Famers, but are worth discussing? Uh, that that you included, if we're like doing a com- combination thing? No. Is that is that Not necessarily. Question? Not necessarily. I mean, I have four guys that I would that I would like to discuss, but I mean, well, I think aren't on my ballot. I think if I was going to expand out um, to include first year guys, I would I would put Adrian Beltre on there for me, um, and for all the reasons you said. I I just for to simplify my thought process, I didn't include first year guys. <laughs> Sure, of course. But I, I think that that would be, um, I think that's absolutely fair. He's deserving, and yeah, I, I would put him on there. Um, I like Jimmy Rollins, too. Um, that was one that um, I thought about including in my short list. Um, and Chase Utley, like all three of those guys. I, I think that your your inclusion of those three guys made me think about it, and I was like, yeah, I probably should have had those on my list, too. But those were the three. Yeah. Jimmy Rollins was just a cool guy. Yeah. Like he's just a cool dude. Um, I remember going back to the 2009 World Series. He just played with a lot of swag. Mm-hmm. I remember he came on the the Jay Leno show uh, before the World Series started, and Jay Leno asked him. He was like, "Oh, so are we going to be seeing another parade in Philadelphia?" And uh, he was like, "Yeah, but I, I think we're gonna we're gonna it, it should be I I would say a sweep." but I want to finish it in five. So, you know, we can, I'll give them one game so we can win the world series at home. Uh, and I watched the, uh, obviously, obviously I watched the captain, the captain documentary on Derek Jeter when that aired, because of course I did. Um, and, and I remember distinctively that Derek Jeter was like, that was bulletin board material. <laughs> it was like, mm-hmm. okay. Winning it in five because you feel generous. You want to give us one game? We'll see. The Yankees won it in six for what it's worth. <laughs> um, but I, 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 yeah, I think that all three of those guys, you know, are deserving as well. Um, there's four guys that I wanted to talk about that I didn't get on my ballot. Just real quick, Tory okay. Hunter. I think that Tory Hunter is a Hall of Fame player, just not yet. Um, Tory Hunter's a dude. I mean. Torrey Hunter didn't even have to hit to be in the Hall of Fame. I, I think he's one of the best center fielders of all time. Uh, just countless, after countless, just amazing catch in the outfield, in center field. Uh, I, I can't remember who he robbed. I think it was Barry Bonds in the All-Star game. And it was just like an amazing robbery. And like he full-on went over the fence in center field and, and caught the ball. Um, and Barry Bonds just like kind of have tipped his helmet and, and it was a lot of laughing back and forth. You know, the All-Star game doesn't really matter, 
but it was it was cool to see that. Um, so I, I do think the Tory Hunter will get in eventually, just not yet. And then I had the three steroid guides. Um, Andy Pettit was on your ballot. It was really hard to leave him off of mine because, like you said, he was the catalyst behind the pitching rotation of those 90s Yankees teams that, mm-hmm. that won all those World Series. And he came back and won in 2009, and he was just like a shutdown pitcher in that, in, in that postseason. And, I mean, he's part of the core four. You know, him, Jorge Posada, Derek Jeter, Mariano Rivera, you know, those are the core four of the 90s, early 2000s Yankees. Uh, so it was very hard to leave him off, but I got to stick with, you know, I got to stick with my morals and sure. the convicted cheater. Um, I still love the guy, though. I mean, I still love the guy. <laughs> he, he's one of my favorite Yankees of all time. He has a number retired at Yankee Stadium, you know. He's he's a great, he was a great player and a great dude. He just messed up. Um, Manny Ramirez. I think if Manny Ramirez didn't get caught cheating, he'd be in the Hall of Fame. We'd be talking about him on our ballot. Uh, a Yankee killer, for sure. Uh, you know, I, I that 2004 World Series team, that 2007 World Series team, that 2003 ALCS team, you know, with the Red Sox, he was the catalyst behind all of that. Manny Ramirez, David Ortiz, Pedro Martinez were the three guys that just killed the Yankees. Um, and... You know, he was a fun left fielder, you know, Manny being Manny. Oftentimes he would go in the the scoreboard in left field and like play with the play with the Boston has their funky, their old school scoreboard where you have to change the numbers and take them off and put them on. And he would like stick his head in the numbers and just have fun playing baseball. Uh, also Dude, a cheater out there enjoying um, himself. Um, yeah, is, just is Manny, Manny Ramirez was the one that like uh, he decided to take a break and and because he had to take a leak in the middle of a game, right? Wasn't that him? Yes, yeah. yes, that is Manny Ramirez. Yep, just a typical Manny being Manny. Um, and so I, I think that he he would he would be in. Um, and then Alex Rodriguez. I'm gonna say it. I think A Rod's gonna be the first steroid player to get in. Mm. Uh, I do think that he's going to get in. I think last year he got, um, let me see, A-Rod got 35.7% of the vote. You only need 75%, and it was his third year on the ballot. Typically that number goes up. Uh, and, and in the next seven years, I can see him getting the 75%. Man, A-Rod is, he's something. Uh one of the best players of all time. I will say that mm-hmm. also a convicted cheater. Um, but still nonetheless, he's, he's one of the best players of all time. Third all time in home runs. Um, played a large portion of his career with the Yankees. And during that time, he was a very tumultuous relationship with the Yankees, with their fans. Uh, he he got suspended. I know Manny Ramirez got suspended a full season. I believe A-Rod got suspended half a season for his uh, steroid use. And that was coming into the World Series year. 
And I just remember his first game back after he had an injury. There was always something with A-Rod, whether it was off the field, you know, getting involved with like Cameron Diaz or, you know, other celebrities. He would always have like a celebrity girlfriend. And I was like, dude, can you just like play baseball? Like, can you just be Derek Jeter, please? Just like keep your off-field life off-field. Don't take it on the field. And that was like kind of the Alex Rodriguez experience. It was, he was always in Derek Jeter's shadow. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, for better or for worse, it didn't help the Yankees until 2009. I remember every year in the postseason, he would come in the postseason and he would choke. He won a couple of MVPs for the Yankees and and you would think, you know, as a Yankees fan, oh, this is the year he's going to perform in the postseason and then he would do absolutely nothing. And then in 2009, he came back from his injury and his very first at bat, he hit like a moonshot home run in Camden Yards in Baltimore. And I was like, yeah, that's Alex Rodriguez. And then in the 2009 postseason, he finally put it together and I I think that he deserved the World Series MVP, but they weren't going to give it to him because of his off the field stuff. But A Rod is, uh, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't be shocked to see A Rod get in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, I think you're probably right. I think it. I think it'll happen. Yeah. So um, we can come up with our official Moonshine and Scoreboards ballot. I think that the one that we're going to mail to the Hall of Fame email. Um, and I think the easiest way is just to like put the guys that we both had on there, which which according to my list would be Carlos Beltran, Todd Helton, Billy Wagner, Andrew Jones, Adrian Beltre, Jimmy Rollins, and Chase Utley. Yeah. So I think that those are our guys, our official moonshine and scoreboards. MLB Hall of Fame ballot comes in at seven guys. Yeah. So I, I will that's, that's a good number. type this up, send this out, <laughs> and, and you know, maybe they'll get back to us with some kind of correspondence saying that we did it, that, that we con- contributed. It'd be cool if we just got some sort of a, a letter back that said, no, thanks. I would frame it. Yeah. No, no, thanks. I'll make a copy of it and send it to you guys <laughs> <laughs> so we can all have one. Denied. (laughs) Um, So with that, Justin, I believe we have some pub dubs. Yeah, we do. It's a short round of pub dubs this week. Uh, For week 20, um, we're going to just stick to the NFL playoffs, and now we're in the divisional round, so we've got four games to pick. As a recap, week 19, Justin stayed atop the leaderboard. I went 6-1 and last week which pushed my overall record to 61 and 41 averaging 598. I mean, I was telling everybody earlier today, I don't know why I don't just quit my job and start picking games at this point. I've been on a hot streak, an undeniable hot streak. Um but I'm sure it's going to dry up very very soon. Uh Kevin, you had a nice week too. You went 5 and 2. So that helped you improve a little bit. You're at 41 and 59 overall. Still in third place overall. I'm back. I'm coming back. But yeah, every little bit's going to help you. And Landon went two and four. He had a bad week, so he slipped a little bit and helped me 
widen my lead. He's 56 and 43 overall. So yeah, one, two, three, Justin, Landon, Kevin in the overall records. We're going to reset after the Super Bowl, but for now, that's where we stand. Um, So Kevin, let's start with Saturday. And we did have Landon submit his picks to us. Um, He, you know, even though he's in a bunker in the radio station, he has access to the internet and he was able to give us his picks for the week. We're starting with Saturday. We've got the Texans at Ravens, and Baltimore is minus nine. I, I mean, I was impressed with the way Houston won last week with Cleveland. Joe Flacco pretty much handed the game to them by throwing two pick sixes after halftime, but uh, I still thought Houston played well. C.J. Stroud continues to impress, but I'm excited about this game. I just don't think on the road against the Ravens um, that – the Texans are going to end up, you know, extending their postseason uh, run here. So I, I've got to go Ravens in Baltimore, and that was Landon's pick as well. What do you think, Kevin? Okay, so you both went Ravens. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and start off the jump and say my double dog is going to be the Texans. Okay, yeah. I think. Wow. Well, also looking at the board, I don't see very many other double dogs that I like. <laughs> um, so I gotta pick one. Yeah, and you don't have to. I know, but no, no, I have to. Okay, all right. <laughs> I got some ground to make up. Um, but I, I do think that, like you said, C.J. Stroud is putting together one of the best rookie seasons that we've seen from a quarterback. Yeah. Um, and he's just he he looks so calm, cool, collected in the pocket. I know these teams played Week One, and and the Ravens won in Baltimore. Mm-hmm. CJ Stroud's very first start in the NFL. You know what I yeah. mean? That's that's a tough, tough draw. And so I think the Texans playing last week, winning last week, having the season that they're having kind of builds some momentum for them. And the old saying of rust versus rest, I think kind of rears its ugly head wow. for Baltimore. And you see, you know, maybe it's not so great to be the number one seed. So I'm going with the Texans. Okay. All right. That that's interesting. Right off the bat, I'm excited. Um, right off the bat, yeah. All right, game two on Saturday is Packers at 49ers. San Francisco's minus ten in this one, so even more of a home favorite. Um, Landon is going San Francisco 49ers. I I've really been thinking about this one a lot. You want to talk about? There's not a lot of options for dogs. I I was really I know the Cowboys really sort of disintegrated. Um, and the Packers, for whatever reason, have the Cowboys number in the postseason. We all picked the Cowboys, so we're probably a bit to blame for that as well because we whammied the Cowboys. Um, but I I don't know. There's something about this Packers team that gives me a little bit of pause here. But I think, I think I'm going to stick with San Francisco as my pick, especially like if this was if this was in Green Bay, then it would. I I think the Packers. I mean, it may even be like a toss up, but I I do think. The 49ers are are pretty darn good. Purdy is is having a you know a, a great season as San Francisco's starting quarterback this year, and um and Christian McCaffrey cannot be denied. So yeah, I'll, I'll go San Francisco. Yeah, I mean the Packers are are having a great season. They kind of backed into the playoffs, but the the way that they got in was very reminiscent of the way they did with Aaron Rodgers in mm-hmm. his Super Bowl win. 
I was listening to uh, part of my take today, and they were talking about it. You know, Aaron Rodgers, he beat the Bears in Week 17 to get into the playoffs, and then he won the Super Bowl. Mm. Do you know who Jordan Love beat in Week 18 to get into the playoffs? Was it the Bears? It was the Bears. (laughs) And so... I don't know if karma is if history is repeating itself. Um but this this is an interesting game. I it wouldn't shock me at all if the Packers won. And I do think that if the Packers do win, they're they're probably going to the Super Bowl. Um that being said, I'm picking the 49ers. Yeah. I know I said earlier rest versus rest. That was more had to do with like the Texans or I think the Texans are like sneaky good. I don't know that the Packers are sneaky good. Um and so I'm going I'm I'm going to ride ride the 49ers. I'm going to brock and roll all night and purdy every day. <laughs> Did you come up with that? <laughs> no. Oh. I was I was about to be blown away by that, Kevin. That was No, that wasn't me. That was a good old boomer boomer one. <laughs> all right. Well, I'll give you credit for it cuz I heard it from you first. <laughs> yeah, it was me. I came up with it. I sent it to him. All right, uh, moving on to Sunday. Now we've got the the Buccaneers traveling to Detroit to face the Lions. Detroit minus six, home favorite. All all the home teams are are favored this week. Um, the Lions kind of squeaked one out last week, but and the Buccaneers looked good in in their win at home. Um, but I I don't know. I of course my Super Bowl that I <laughs> unwittingly picked last week was. Ravens and Lions. So I think in order to keep that alive, I've got to pick Detroit, but I, I don't necessarily love that pick, but I'm going to ride with it for now. So I'm going to, I'm going to go Detroit and Landon also picked Detroit in this one, Kevin. Dude, I don't want to whammy Detroit, but did you see that game? Yeah. So, was it Saturday night or Sunday night? I think it was Sunday night. The, the atmosphere mm-hmm. in Ford field was it was like the entire state of in Michigan, right? The entire yeah. state of Michigan was there. Yeah, but and they you got you got a question because it was it was you're right. But like and this was was this their first playoff win in like a hundred years or something? Since nineteen ninety three. Yeah. So but they acted I wasn't like, born. Yeah, they acted like they won the Super Bowl. You gotta wonder like is there gonna be some hangover from that i don't i don't know that's the thing is that that might have been their super bowl (laughs) yeah that that might have been their super bowl and here's the other thing is that if the lions win and the packers win the lions are going to host the nfc championship game yeah which is crazy (laughs) it's great we're talking about a team that went like oh in 16 one of the worst teams of all time yeah and and now they're they're hosting a divisional game and they potentially might host an NFC championship game. And Landon and Justin's picking them. But I can't. I can't. The Bucks looked so good against Philadelphia. And I don't know if it was a product of who they were playing, mm-hmm. because Philadelphia, like I said last week, was god awful. Yeah. Um bad. And they looked completely like uninterested to be there. I fully expect some changes in that coaching staff coming. Um, and, and Baker Mayfield looked good. The defense looked good. 
this is this is the game that I'm most excited. Well, this this game and then the Sunday afternoon game, Sunday evening game, are the two games that I'm most excited for. Um, I, I'm gonna go with Tampa. I'm okay. gonna go with Tampa, and I probably should have used that as my double dog, but it's okay. I'll stick with the Texans as my double dog. Um, I, I just think that Tampa's defense is really really good. Baker Mayfield was supposedly hurt, but I don't think he's that hurt. He didn't look that hurt Monday night against Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so I, I think that Tampa, they are five and four away from away from Raymond James Stadium, and Detroit is six and two at home. But 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 give me give me the Bucks. Give me the Bucks. All right, you got to make up some ground, like you said. So I might as well to. take a couple. Yeah, I don't have an option. Take a couple shots. Um, all right, last game, we've got the Chiefs at the Bills, and this one's in Buffalo. Will they have been dug out of their snowbank uh, by the time this game happens on Sunday night? Who knows? Uh, Buffalo minus two and a half in this game. Landon has picked the Buffalo Bills. I'm going to go with the road team in this one. I'm going to go Kansas City. I know that they they haven't really looked like the Kansas city that won a super bowl. Um, but I, I don't know. Like, I just don't totally trust the bills yet. I know that they've been playing really well, uh, down the stretch, but, um, and Josh Allen had a good game this last week against the Steelers, the Steelers. Yeah. Uh, Yes. The Steelers. (laughs) I don't know why for a second I questioned myself, but yeah, that was the Steelers. Um, but I think, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go Mahomes. I'm gonna go Kelsey. I'm gonna go. I'm going with that uh, Taylor Swift magic to to pull Kansas City through on this one. So I'm going Chiefs. Kevin. Oh man. On one hand, I have the Bills, and I've been like the biggest Bills rooter honor all year. Uh, I picked them to play in the Super Bowl. I said last week, you know, nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. They're the hottest team coming into the playoffs. You know, they're on a six-game win streak. They they looked good against Pittsburgh. On the other hand, it's Taylor Swift. And the, the Chiefs are like the Bills' kryptonite. Like, the Bills just cannot beat Kansas City. However... All of those playoff losses that the Bills have against Kansas City have been in Kansas City. Mm. They, Kansas City hasn't been on the road. I don't know if Taylor is going to, to Buffalo. I, I think that she is, and if she is, she's going to see a, the, the, the most drunk, insane people that she's ever seen in Bills Mafia. They're going to be jumping through tables on fire, and she's going to be like, I don't, I don't, I don't want to be here. Um, so I'm going with the Bills. Bills. Taylor's ready to go home. She's ready for Travis to come home. And and you know, she's she's ready to have a little break from the NFL. So so give me the Bills. Give me Josh Allen. Like I said, he's a snowball. Once he gets going, he becomes a bigger snowball, and it's hard to stop a rolling snowball that's coming down a hill. So give me the Bills again against the Chiefs. All right. Lock it in. Bills. Lock her in. Buffalo. Sorry, Taylor. I still love you. So you think you think Taylor's going to be like, hey, you know what? I, I'm kind of done with football, and she's going to will the Chiefs to lose this game. I hope so. I really That's, don't want to see the Chiefs win. 
It's an interesting part. But but I, I I mean I don't know. She might is is Jason Kelsey going to be in attendance now? Is Jason Kelsey maybe the bad luck charm? Maybe Jason oh. shows up and he's rooting on his little brother Travis and and then they lose and then there becomes this huge family drama because Jason was a part of the Eagles that couldn't put it together and now he be, he's like cursing the Chiefs with his attendance and the new Heights podcast is canceled mm. because the Kelsey brothers are fighting. Maybe. Maybe we see that at like WrestleMania 42, Kelsey versus Kelsey. <laughs> I, oh, I'm into that. I'd be, I'd be into that. That'd be fun. You know, yeah. that'd be a good time. Um, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure she's tired of like the NFL, like making everything about her when she just wants to go to the game. <laughs> you know, I saw the the video of her dancing in the in the box at the Chiefs game, and everybody was like, "Oh my gosh, look at Taylor Swift dancing! Like she looks like such an idiot." I know. And I was like, "Dude, she's just a fan." Like, yeah. What about all the thousands of people <laughs> dancing <laughs> too? Like, you know, she's just trying to have a good time. I'm so I'm 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 sure she's kind of like over it, but I don't know. We shall see. Uh, but yeah, I. I don't know. I, I I won't be mad to see the Chiefs win, you know, because then I do think it'll be interesting to see like what she does at the Super Bowl if she shows up. Um assuming that they go to the Super Bowl. But I just want to see Josh Allen finally vanquish his little demon of Kansas City. I think that'd be that'd be awesome for him. Yeah. Well we'll uh, see. We'll see if he can get yeah, it. Yeah, we will see. So that is our shortened edition of Pub Dubs. We had the NFL divisional round. Um, please let us know your MLB Hall of Fame ballot. Let us know who you have in. Uh, you can get with us on the socials at Boozy Sports Pod or on the Facebook group where we love to interact with you guys. Um, I want to thank Joe for producing us and making us sound good. And a shout out to you, Justin, for braving your balmy 40 degree weather to join me um i appreciate it i know it was very hard on you yeah yeah but we made it we're we're gonna (laughs) we're gonna live to fight another day i i I suppose um but until next week we hope you guys enjoy your week of of football and cherish it we only have after this week two more weeks left of of football um and so before long it's going to be full-on basketball and then baseball and then football again Um, So until next week, uh, we hope you have a good one and thanks for tuning in. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of Moonshine and Scoreboards. Moonshine and Scoreboards is a Tri-M production and is hosted by Kevin Scott, Landon Doan, and Justin Krutzinger. Our engineer is Joe the Engineer. If you like the show, Please leave us a review on iTunes, Google Podcast, or anywhere you get your podcast. You can email us at moonshineandscoreboards at gmail.com. Subscribe, tell a friend, and come back next week for all of the fun, the games, the moonshine, and of course, the scoreboards. Scoreboards.